You're listening to Escaping the Rat Race. I'm your host, Amy Leo, a singer, songwriter, and mental health educator. And our show is all about questioning the status quo and pushing the boundaries into what's possible for human beings and not probable. So tune in and get ready to escape the rat race, not only the monotonous nine to five work grind, but also that incessant internal mental chatter that prevents most of us humans from experiencing more joy, peace, clarity, and freedom. On today's show, we're speaking with Steve Pedersen, and his journey will surprise you. Steve wonderfully highlights what happened for him in his life when he listened to his inner intuition and built a business one step at a time, doing what made sense to him every step of the way. Steve is a fellow singer, songwriter, and musician, so if you are a creative, you especially want to stay tuned for Steve's story. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Amy Leo from ReviveYourSanity.com, and we are here with a friend of mine, Steve, who is a fellow keynote speaker and musician, and he's also a tech whiz from Chicago, uh, and we'll be interviewing him today for our Solopreneur series. So, Steve, I would just love to throw it over to you if you could share with people a little bit of your story um, and what you do. I think that would be great. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you, first of all, for having me. I love sharing my story. It goes back a long way, so <laughs> don't know how far back you want me to go, but uh, right now I am a solopreneur, I guess you would call it. I am fortunately married to an incredible woman. She is a high school math teacher. and Bless her. Uh, yeah, God bless her soul. <laughs> So she, um, she's making a difference, you know, in high school kids' lives. Uh, as a matter of fact, I actually taught at the high school that she teaches at currently for about five to six years. I taught band and music appreciation. Uh, I have a, a degree in classical guitar performance, so I'm a, a musician. I'd say maybe a dozen years ago or so, one of the, I think the smartest things that we did when we first got married was we kept a very a precise uh, record of our spending and our budget and what that allowed us to do after about a year of being married was to see, gosh, you know, if we only, this is really our expenses. If we only make this much more money, I could quit my job and I could pursue this uh, dream that I have of being an entrepreneur. And so that's what, that's what I did. I quit my job. Um, some people looked at it as kind of a reckless move. You know, gosh, you just got married. <laughs> You're supposed to be, you know, still kind of that paradigm. A lot of the people that I know had this paradigm that, hey, the guy is supposed to take care of the woman. So it was uh, not really looked upon very well uh, in, in my circles that I would just quit my job and venture out without anything, you know, sort of a safety net, if you will. So I ventured out. Nevertheless, I felt a calling to do that. Um, one of the things that I really wanted to build was a, a music career. I was you know, very passionate about music, of course, I had a degree in classical guitar. I didn't just play classical guitar. I played rock and roll. I started out as a, you know, playing all the ACDC and Led Zeppelin and all the old classic rock stuff. So I was very much a rocker, but just a very, you know, I think a very well-rounded musician. And that was my passion was to, to make it in, in the music business. But I knew right off the bat that was going to be a little challenging. So I 
uh, fortunately was uh, into this new thing called the internet <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, developing websites. And so I was able to use sort of this, uh, of the other side of my brain, <laughs> give the music side of my brain a little bit of a rest during the day and uh, use the other side of my brain and create websites for people. And that really, um, I think, just uh, provided a, a bedrock. Of, uh, it, that was the safety net, really. And uh, so just slowly uh, built the business over time. Again, like I said, very, very fortunate to have my wife and to, have, to be working together as a team with her uh, to be able to provide that um, sort of bumper zone where I could then continue to build the business. So, um, you know, that's been going on for about a dozen years, I think, at least. So that's a little bit of my story. Uh, I don't know if you want me to go on or if you have any other questions about anything about that, but that's kind of an introduction to what's going on with me. Oh, Steve, I, I love it. I love what you're saying. It's something I think a lot of us can resonate with, getting a lot of outside feedback and opinions because, I mean, of course, everyone's kind of living in their own reality, really based on their beliefs, what they take to be true, what thoughts they believe to be true. But but sometimes it is really easy to think what other people are saying is real, and then you question yourself. And what I loved about what you shared was how you just really, really leaned into your own wisdom and what was yeah. right for you and your family. You know, well, it's, yeah. it, it wasn't different. It doesn't seem like it was a difference uh, there. Yeah, well, you bring up a great point in that, you know, the, the fact of the matter was that um, a lot of these, um, they were perceived realities. They were not actual realities. Like I didn't go around to all of my friends and family and say, what would you think if I were to quit my job and, you know, venture out and go after my dream? I just assumed that I knew what people were thinking. And so it's very interesting that you bring that up because yeah, that, that fear that I felt, uh, I think, was just a perceived reality. It was, it was probably not even true. Right, right. I yeah. mean, it's it's incredible. Uh, I mean, how creative our capacity is as human beings with creating our own realities from what we think and then what we're perceiving. I mean, it's all kind of one and the same, Steve. I love that. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about what you're doing now. I know you just shared. Uh, I actually have Meg on the call as well. She's a colleague and a coach, a health coach at Revive Your Sanity. Uh, and I would love for you to just share with us what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, that is the most exciting. You know, I've worked, uh, <clears throat> been working and getting clarity around my passion. I've been working with a life coach for about the last four years. And uh, we've, you know, he's been helping me to get clarity on what, what it is that I'm really, um, what really fires me up. And recently I was at a, um, at a live event in San Diego where the concept came up about doing what's called a keynote concert. And a keynote concert is basically uh, obviously a keynote speech, but you include music in it and it just ramps it up. It ramps up the emotional impact that much more. I thought, oh, wow, this is it. I mean, that when I really seriously started considering that, I was like, I would absolutely love to do that. And I, I mean, I love talking. <laughs> I love, you know, <laughs> love uh, speaking. And uh, you know what I, I, what I found was fascinating. I, I brought the idea up to my life coach and he's like, well, 
you know, what do you know about speaking? Do you have any speaking experience? And maybe you should join Toastmasters. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I thought I had some experience. I mean, how hard can it be, right? I mean, I, you just get up in front of people and start talking. and You share your heart. And I just thought it was so fascinating that when I would talk to people or, or do, uh, you know, internet searches about speaking, the main thing that came up was overcoming the fear of speaking. And I was like, I, I don't get it. Why are people so afraid to speak? It's awesome. I love getting up in front of people and just talking and connecting with people. How awesome is that? And, and why should people be afraid of that? And then uh, I started going to uh, Toastmasters uh, meetings. And this is not a, a, a bash on Toastmasters at all. I highly recommend it. Uh, but what, what started coming up was there was all of these parameters that you needed to work around. Like you needed to uh, do a speech in a certain amount of time. And, you know, people were critiquing you. And, and the more you started putting these parameters in, it was like, okay, well, I guess now I can understand why people get so <laughs> nervous and afraid to speak because there's, there's so many variables, you know, that come into play when you're, if you really want to deliver and connect. Uh, and I think that's the main thing. So what I've, what I've found, um, I, this, is a, this is a great story. I, I thought, okay, I want to, um, I, you know, I want to start doing this. I want to start getting my feet wet with this whole keynote concert action. Where should I begin? And I thought, well, where, where do I know where I can have an audience and just get in front of people? And uh, I was aware that the uh, church that I was a part of um, had a, a youth ministry, like a teen ministry, and I knew that they met at this really cool location. And I thought, uh, why not there? So I called up the, the leader of the team ministry. I said, hey, uh, this is something that I'm really excited about in my life. I'm, I'm going on a new venture, a new journey. Could I come and talk to the teens, you know, about a topic that's really, you know, in, of interest uh, to me and I think would be really impacting for them? And he was all for the idea. So then, we're, then I was like, okay, well, what am I going to talk about? And up until that point, I had been blogging on a weekly basis on a, on a website that I had called Transform to Accelerate. And that was, you know, kind of at the time, uh, I think the direction I was going in was I wanted to create this brand around Transform to Accelerate. And really, it was kind of the story of my own life of, of transforming uh, inwardly. And so, the idea of going to speaking to teens was a little bit like, well, that's not really my intended audience initially. So I was feeling a little like, um, uh, okay, well, this is great that I have an audience, but now I got to come up with some, some, some kind of material that's really going to apply to teenagers. And I thought, man, you know what would, what would be really great is if I could connect with my younger self. If I could have a talk with my younger self and just kind of, you know, be reminded what were the struggles and, you know, what was I going through as a teenager? Then it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? I still have my journals from when I was a teenager. Oh, that's brilliant, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I went and, and I have this like old cedar chest that my dad made for me and I dug them out and uh, started reading through these journals and, and literally my entire teenage uh, uh, years, my teenage career was, um, is documented in these two journals that I have. 
I started reading through these things and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just so mind blowing. You know, having all of this stuff, this is such a gift that I have this. And, you know, one of the things that obviously I remember, but uh, I didn't need my journals to remind me of this, but was definitely, uh, as I read through my journals, I just saw the pattern over and over and over. One of the things that I really struggled with a lot was uh, thinking about suicide. And, you know, and that was, um, you know, I never attempted it, but it was something that was constantly on my mind. And I thought, man, I need to come up with a, a message kind of around that topic, like just how important people's lives really are. And so I started coming up with a, a song idea because I needed to create a new song for this, you know, this keynote concert that I was doing. And I, you know, I thought of something like, you know, you make a difference. I really wanted people to know that they make a difference. And uh, my office is uh, sits adjacent to our, our kitchen and my wife was in the kitchen and she was preparing something and I just kind of bounced the idea off of her. And she said, what about you are the difference? And I was like, yeah, that just feels so good, you know? So I wrote a song called You Are the Difference and uh, I presented that to the, the team ministry guy and um, he's like, you know, that's a great song, but kind of based on the the topic that you want to talk about struggling with these really dark things. It's like that song is a little bit too cheery. Could you come up with another song that, uh, you know, is a little bit more sort of portrays the dark angst side of, of life. And I'm like, Oh, okay. This is just a couple of days before the event. I'm like, uh, I, I guess so. <laughs> sure. I said, you, how about a suggestion for a title? And uh, he came up with the uh, suggestion of brainstorming uh, two words. And I was like, Oh, what a great title, you know, cause it's just depicts that, that storm, that inner angst that's going on. And so I wrote a song called brainstorming and, uh, and, you know, then did the event for the teens and man, just the reaction that I got from them was just so overwhelming. I mean, they were blown away. I was blown away by their reaction. I was like, wow, I'm really onto something here. I'm really yeah. striking a nerve. And, you know, what's, what's interesting, I thought was fascinating about this was, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, uh, you know, I, so this was for a church youth group. But in my talk, I didn't mention God at all. I didn't bring up the Bible. I didn't bring up anything like that. I just told them about my experience. And what was, what was interesting was the, the youth ministry leader guy, he was telling me, you know, you maybe have 20 minutes with these guys. I mean, their attention span is like nothing, man. Uh, you're really, you know, you got to keep it really short because, you know, and so he didn't really have a lot of, uh, of faith in the situation. And I went for at least 30 minutes, maybe 40. And I felt like I could have gone an entire hour. I mean, these kids were on the edge of their seat and it was just, they were so engaged and he was blown away by that. And what's so interesting was I called the guy who owned the venue uh, the next day. And I, you know, just to thank him and to see, you know, what he thought about it. And he was, he was really ticked at me. I mean, he was really upset. He's like, you didn't mention anything about God. All you did was talk about yourself. And he was really upset about it. 
but the response that was just his paradigm the response yeah. that i got from the teenagers oh my gosh i mean they brought up oh i feel so much closer to god so much more faithful because of what you shared and i think that's what's missing uh, so much in not not just church setting but in a lot of settings is we're missing that realness we're missing that authenticity and that relatability um so I've just, I've been going on from there. I've been trying to take this to, to other kids, to other groups, this whole message that you are the difference. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing right now. And, and, and I feel like I've, I'm sure you've, I've, you've heard that um, expression, three feet from gold. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like I've, I've struck gold and now I just need to mine it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Steve, I, I love your sh- story and what you're sharing and how so many times throughout your story, you've bumped into concepts, right? Whether it was someone's concepts or rules about the right way to speak and that, you know, it was such a great example of our natural state and the state that you were connecting with, with those kids of that we don't have all this self-doubt except for our thinking about it, except for the concepts, you know, we're the ones that make all the rules about how is the right way to be in, in our society, in our culture? And then we forget that we're the ones that made it all up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think it's fascinating that you keep seeing that yet you're leaning into your own wisdom. And even in your personal journey, you know, when you said, yeah, well, I didn't think that like, you know, you had like the little monkey, monkey mind going of like thinking that you knew what was going to happen as far as what you wanted. You know, well, I don't really yeah. think where I am is with teens and you have found this absolute sweet spot that you're in right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. really leaning into again that that there is an intelligence, there is an energy that exists that is smarter than our than our intellect mm. that we all of us have access to. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. It's fascinating. Yesterday, I did an, uh, a live event for uh, it's called the Rotary Club, and it's you know mostly made up of older people. And I did this uh, keynote concert for them. Uh, you know, you are the difference. And when it finished the main response that I got was, wow, this, this would be really great for kids. <laughs> you know, it's like, and they even admitted, you know, like older, you know, older people are sometimes a lot more jaded and not super open, but what you have is would be like teens, uh, young, the youth, they would be a great, great audience for this. And what's so hilarious, we were in, we were in a restaurant and it was like this little, you know, cordoned off room and when we finished, I opened up the door and the rest of the restaurant was packed with teenagers. <laughs> I was wow, like, Steve. I, wow. I was in the wrong room. <laughs> if I would have just opened the door and let them in. Uh, oh, what a nice metaphor in general, yeah. physical door and a metaphorical door. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I'd love to hear, uh, Meg, do you have any questions for Steve? Hey, yeah. Um, so I love your story. My gosh, exactly what you guys were just talking about, like the perceived realities and everything. Um, it sounds like you've broken through a lot of your own barriers in your mind, maybe, uh, you know, becoming, quitting your job, becoming an entrepreneur and, uh, and just, you know, like the struggle with what it is you're worried about other people thinking. I would love to know, and for anybody like listening, for entrepreneurs that are listening, what is one of the main areas that you think you struggled with? when starting your, your business as an entrepreneur and, and how you overcame it? Mm. Good question. Yeah, I, I would say, 
Yeah, the very first, very first struggle that came up was, uh, where's the money? <laughs> uh, so it's funny. I don't think that struggle has stopped. <laughs> so, uh, but it was a, it was a very real thing uh, right off the bat. Um, you know, here, here I was, uh, gosh, what was I like maybe 30 years old and most of my life I had lived around structure. You know, I, I punched in at a certain time. I punched out. I was always punching a clock. And, uh, and then outside of the clock, I had meetings, you know, like maybe church meetings or social gatherings. So there was a lot of structure built into my life when I was working. When I quit, all of the sudden, you know, I was completely unequipped with the skills to manage my time. No clue. And uh, that just kind of bowled me over, you know, uh, at first. And I wasn't really uh, very disciplined with my time. I didn't use my time well. Um, no real, I mean, I just had no concept of what it was to be an entrepreneur. And of course, if you're not actively working, I mean, without cash flow, you have no business. So I thought, uh, and, and, and rightly so, my wife started to struggle a little bit with that. And I was like, okay, well, I, I want to make sure that there's stability here in our home. So I went out and I got a part-time job, just something to bring in a little bit, you know, just enough money where I could then focus on my business without, you know, all of this freaking out about, oh my gosh, well, how are we going to pay the bills kind of thing. So that was a huge uh, thing just right out of the gate. Um, that has not ceased to be a challenge. Um, I could certainly, certainly go into some stories. I mean, there's, there's been ebbs and flows with that. Um, but just staying true to the vision, uh, I, I've had many, uh, many, many dreams uh, since, well, I, I went to work at a coffee shop uh, and I worked there for probably about four years and then I quit because my web design business was actually doing really well then at that point. So I was like, oh, I, I'm ready to leave this job. So I quit. But then when, whenever things would start going, you know, bad again, or not bad, but just getting more challenging financially, I would start having dreams that I was back at this coffee shop working again. <laughs> so uh, nightmares, maybe. Uh, yeah, but that, that that's just one of the, certainly the challenges, just, just having that fortitude, like, okay. I, I think that's the thing about being an entrepreneur is it will really weed you out. It will, you know, really help you to see, okay, are you really serious about this? Yes, I yeah. can attest to that. I'm yeah. sure Meg can too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I love that you just said that because, I mean, in my own as well, um, and other people I've talked to, entrepreneurs, it's like, why would we think that our entrepreneurial business was any different than any other job we've had mm. in the sense where it needs to be consistent and have a schedule and have a game plan? Like, yeah. what made us think that we would just, like, stop with that schedule and not yeah. need another one? I don't know. Yeah. But it's, maybe it's a big a learning curve. Yeah, maybe there's a reason corporate America does that, you know? Maybe because it works. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I would love to hear... Actually, I have two more questions for you, mm -hmm. Steve. Yeah. Um, the first one is I'd love for you to share what you love most about what you're doing now. 
And then also, this is a question because I am really interested in the psycho-spiritual piece. I was in psychology and worked as a social worker. So I'd love to hear from you where human suffering comes from. Mm. So twofold questions. So yeah. what do you, they aren't, they don't seem like they're related, but I find them interesting. So what yeah. do you know most about what you're doing okay. and then where, where do you see uh, human suffering comes from and then a possible way to, to alleviate that suffering? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do I love most about what I'm doing is I think just connecting with people. I, I just, I love um, I feel most alive when I'm talking to a group of people and just we're live, we're connecting, we're, I can see their heart, they can see my heart. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is that I just, uh, I love being in the moment with people. So even something like this, I mean, I love this because we're in the moment uh, we're sharing thoughts, ideas, our hearts. Um, if hey, if I could pull out my guitar and make a song out of it, so much the better. You know, that just kind of takes it to that next level. So that's what I would say about that is just connecting. Um, and I feel compelled to say something. I don't know if this has anything to do with your questions, but I think maybe kind of goes back to maybe the other question, and that is, you know, there's this just this challenge of why do I do what I do. Because even recently, I've been faced with, um, you know, whenever you start a business or start a, a new direction in your business, it's not like the people have just been waiting for you. It's not like they're lined up out the door to give you money. Uh, there's a time where you have to build and you've got to put your roots down. And I've gone through some incredible challenges saying, I, I don't know if, if I can continue to do this. It's just helping you to identify what is your big why. And what I realized is there are young Steves out there just like me, just like what I was going through, and I can't give up on them. I'm doing this now for them. Yeah. I want to help lead them out of just this insanity that I was in. So that's, you know, kind of, I think maybe ties in a little bit with, you know, that first question of, you know, what do you love about what you do is I, I love the fact that I, I am making a real difference, a very significant difference. Where does suffering come from? I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as this perceived um, perceived reality. I, I guess it kind of depends on what kind of suffering you're talking about. Now, uh, of course, I believe everything starts on, on a spiritual level. I think you would never inflict suffering on somebody else if you were not suffering. I don't know anybody, uh, or at least the people that I know that are really at great peace and that are just at great peace within themselves, you can't imagine them hurting anybody. You know, they, all, those people that I know that are like that, all they want to do is help people. They, they want to share the joy, the peace, uh, the rock of safety that they've found. They want to share that with others. 
So I think the the external uh, suffering, the things like the the genocides and the um, oppression of other people, um, uh, it's it's well, it's twofold. There's something else coming to my mind, but I think it starts with uh, just where we're at internally. If we're at peace, how could we bring that uh, you know suffering to anybody else? But the other thing is. Um, I, I read this book, uh, it's called As a Man Thinketh, uh, I think Robert Allen is the title. Um, he talks about in there, or I'm sure other people talk about it too, but this was the first time I was exposed to this idea of the oppressor and the oppressed are equally guilty. The oppressor and the oppressed are equally guilty because there's something about the oppressed where they feel like I feel like I've been oppressed a lot in my life in different ways and I'm, I'm to blame for that. I have to take responsibility. If there's somebody that's been abusive towards me um, and I'm saying obviously as an adult, if you're a child, you don't know the skills, you don't have these skills. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, children are equally to blame. That's that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying when you get to an adult and you get to be mature and you can make decisions for yourselves and you can stand up for yourself and you don't, then it's, it's on you. How's that for a long answer? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you bring yeah. me, uh, in the current uh, work I do now as a mental health educator, as opposed to being a traditional social worker, it's really interesting how we do lean into a lot more of what you're saying, Steve, about circumstances absolutely real. I mean, there are horrible things, like you have mentioned, those things I would never tell someone didn't happen to them or aren't real. Mm-hmm. The beauty of, of being human is that our circumstances at, are, aren't, are not actually linked to our internal experience of peace. Because if you talk to 100 people that have experienced a trauma, I'm actually thinking of uh, a book <laughs> as well, um, Victor Frankel. I don't know if you've read mm-hmm. the one, A Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, yeah. I, was, well, I haven't read it. Yeah, I was just looking at it on Amazon. I was like, oh, I got to get that book next. Oh, see, things coming yeah. into life. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's about uh, his, his experience in the Nazi concentration camps. And mm-hmm. what he highlighted was that there were, of course, people that were in despair and freaking out. I mean, of course, this is a horrible circumstance. Sure. There were people that were very calm and, and did what, was, what they could do. And then there were people that were selflessly giving, giving up their own lives for someone else. And this just shows that this spiritual connection that we all have access to is what's powering this. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, it, you know, it's so fascinating to me with even the brain. I, I'm a huge neuroscience nerd. And I also have learned a lot about thinking and, and I tested in my own life. And it's like, yes, of course. If, if I'm thinking about a beautiful memory, I'm not going to feel anxious. That's never happened to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It seems to be a one for one. But the power of that is those electrochemical signals, they actually, the neuroscience is, neuroscientists actually don't even know where those come from, right? They, they don't know yet. They can't find consciousness in the brain. So that gives me a lot of hope as I'm sharing with people authentically and seeing that that's all I ever need to be is authentic and leaning into my own wisdom, which Steve, I think you've done beautifully on the call. Mm, thank you. So I really, really appreciate uh, you you taking the time with us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, where can people find you, Steve, if they want to speak with you more? Yeah, great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, I have a website. I'm, I'm kind of all over the web, but I'll just give you one. I'll keep it simple. Uh, just my name, stevepedersen.com. It's S-T-E-V-E-P-E-D-E-R. 
S-O-N.com. From there, you can find all of my social media outlets and email, all that kind of stuff. You can find out what's going on with my music, my speaking, uh, what I'm thinking about at the moment. So just stevepetterson.com. I love it. I love it. And Meg and I are with reviveyoursanity.com. If folks want to kind of dive more into what Steve, Meg and I have been speaking about, you can find us on the web as well. And Steve, it actually occurred to me, would you like to share a song with us? Hmm. Uh, Yeah. How about uh, I could, uh, well, here's a couple of things. I could, uh, I could play my song live, my song, You Are the Difference. And also, uh, where is it right now? I think if you go to uh, just stevepetterson.com forward slash free, F-R-E-E, you can actually download uh, a copy of the song for free. Oh, that's perfect, Steve. I, I, I say let's, let's do both. Yeah. Let's do both, shall we? Okay. Let me, uh, let me grab my guitar here. Sure. I'm glad it was within reach, but a true musician, I figured it was close to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because I thought where's, the one that I usually play is actually in a bag somewhere. All right, we're in tune. All right, let's do this. Steve, and what a beautiful, 
a beautiful note to end on. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It actually, it reminded me uh, of a profound insight I had recently of, you know, we speak about consciousness and, and I realized that consciousness isn't housed within my body, that I'm part of a greater consciousness and, and connection. And that's exactly what you're pointing at, which makes yeah. the lyrics absolutely true yeah. and not just wishy-washy Pollyanna stuff. It's actually truth, which is beautiful. So, yeah. And what's so fun about that song is I do it at the end of my live event and then I turn the lyrics, you are the difference into I am the difference and I get everybody singing it. Yeah. Uh, and then what I try to do is in, in the event, like I have people sort of discover some things about themselves, about how they are the difference. And we, we kind of drone on that, some music and we just, I just have people share, how are you the difference? We go around and we share, somebody will share something and we'll sing, I am a light, you know, and it's just, it's a beautiful time. Yes. Yeah. Ah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Steve. And I hope oh, you, you. Uh, to touch base and have you back on, on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Yes. Thank you. Meg. My biggest take home for today was that Steve's story confirmed that each individual really has a unique path that they can choose to step into. And I love that Steve is continuing to take action into what shows up in his life in spite of all the personal thinking he has or the opinions he has at the time and how that stepping into what opportunities life presents to him is continuing to serve him as he builds his business and shares his message of being the difference. If you want to get these inspirational and practical conversations delivered right to your device, you can go to www.reviveyoursanity.com, sign up for our newsletter, and you can start being part of the community there where you will get the podcast and also a whole bunch of other resources. You'll be the first to know about any upcoming programs or even international retreats because we do that from time to time as well. You can also find us on iTunes or on YouTube, and all you've got to do is type in the search engine, Escaping the Rat Race with Amy Leo. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep rocking.